Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And good afternoon. Today, the Pittsburgh Pirates are in Milwaukee, Wisconsin to take on the Milwaukee Brewers, the concluding game of their three-game series, American Family Field. We are here in Pittsburgh the North Shore Studios, and on the telephone line with us is the assistant general manager to the Pittsburgh Pirates, Steve Sanders. Bucko GM Ben Charrington is moving this weekend to Pittsburgh. Now that his kids are out of school, he's able to, to make the move to Pittsburgh. So we are uh, pleased to be joined by Steve Sanders, who is in Milwaukee at the ballpark, ready to watch the Pirates and the Milwaukee Brewers. Steve, first of all, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, tell us, Steve, now what exactly you're working on at the moment. I know uh, your duties are all-encompassing, but tell us what, you, what you're working on specifically at this time. Absolutely, Brownie. Thanks for having me on this morning. Um, good, to, good to talk to you today, and uh, I am here in Milwaukee with the team. Um, most of what I've been focused on the last few months has been working closely with uh, Joe Delacari and our amateur scouting staff uh, preparing for the uh, the draft, which is coming up here in, in just a little less than a month now. Um, so I spent a lot of time both with, with Joe in the office and our scouts uh, on a series of meetings and calls throughout the spring, as well as uh, traveling around a little bit myself and, and seeing some players. And, and again, spending valuable and important time with, uh, with our scouting staff spread, spread throughout the country. So that's certainly been uh, the, the vast majority of, of where my time has been spent, as well as uh, being in Pittsburgh and working with Ben and Kevin and, and Brian Stroh and Chelsea and others on, on things related to the major league team. Um, you know, but also we've got a lot of other things going uh, simultaneously and uh, our international scouting efforts. Uh, scouts have been able to get back out on the road the last few months uh, as restrictions were lifted and, and junior Vizcaino and, and our staff spread throughout the world um, are, are actively uh, back out scouting and, and helping us get ready for these next couple signing periods coming up. Um, and, and on the international front as well, we've got players reporting to the Dominican Academy as we speak, getting ready for the upcoming DSL season. So uh, those are areas that I've been focused on working with all of those people, but uh, certainly been a busy few months and will probably be a, another busy month or so leading up to, uh, to the draft and then the deadline. We're talking with Steve Sanders, assistant general manager. He uh, and Ben Charrington. Uh, worked together a number of years uh, prior to coming to Pittsburgh, and he's in his uh, second season, as is Ben, of course, uh, Steve Sanders. We'll get to a, a little bit more about the draft coming up because we're now less than a month away from baseball's amateur draft taking place. But, uh, Steve, there was big news yesterday uh, surrounding Mitch Keller, who was optioned down to the minor leagues. And I just wonder if you could, as best as you can, take us uh, inside 
the clubhouse in the offices there where you and uh, Oscar Marine, uh, Derek Shelton, Ben Charrington have all, I'm sure, discussed about exactly what to do with Mitch Keller and how it came uh, and when it came to pass that the best for him and the organization would be to go back to the minor leagues. It's, it's a big, big step. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, look, those conversations are, are always happening. They're ongoing. And I think the focus of those conversations, not just with Mitch, but with all our players, um, is just constantly reviewing, making sure that we as an organization are putting them in the absolute best possible situation to succeed. And um, I think as those conversations took place, and, you know, Mitch touched on it even himself the other day, I think, um, you know, it, it, he was frustrated um, as well. And, and uh, there were some really, really good bright spots. And I think stringing, get, stringing together some of that consistency was something uh, that he was, he was working hard to fight through. And um, I think as we had more and more dialogue, um, I think as an organization, we felt that this was going to put Mitch in the absolute best position. Uh, best environment uh, to work on some things and make the necessary improvements that um, we feel he can make and are very, very confident that he will make um, to be a really important part of our future and a successful major league pitcher. Um, and, and I think we all felt comforted by the fact that this is, uh, this is not entirely uncommon. And there's, there's a fairly large sample size of pitchers throughout the league. Um, you know, that at, at this type of point that Mitch is in have, have apparent, you know, have occasionally, um, you know, had to go back down and work on some things and come back and been really, really successful afterwards. And that's certainly what we expect in this case. Um, but certainly a collaborative conversation between the major league staff and members of the front office, as well as our player development staff. And, and it'll continue to be that way um, as Mitch works with the staff in Indy and, and continues dialogue with Oscar and, and Sheltie here. And um, that's something that we'll obviously watch closely and have a lot of ongoing dialogue about. Steve, was there any point, was it you know, his last start, you guys saw something, you, you, you noticed something either on the mound, his demeanor, uh, you know, quite frankly, on the, the Zoom conference call after his last start, he looked uh, beyond frustrated. Uh, you know, at times you look at him on the mound and, and maybe looking lost, maybe too strong a term, but just wondering, it, it, was there something that stood out for you and the staff that, that you had to come to this decision? Yeah, it's a good question, Brownie. I, I don't think there was a particular moment in time as much as, um, you know, like I mentioned, I think it's something that, um, you know, we're just constantly thinking of and, and you know, especially Oscar and Sheltie and, and the major league staff um, continue to reflect on and come in day after day and have conversations and ask questions. Um, and, and so ultimately, I think, you know, at the point in time where this decision was made yesterday, um, I think it just got to that point where, where I think organizationally we felt um, felt that this would be the best thing. And, and, um, you know, obviously it's, uh, you know, it's a tough move. It's, it's something that I think, um, you know, not something that we wanted to do coming into the year. And, and I know it's something that, uh, you know, Mitch is, uh, you know, is going to work through, but I, again, I think we're really, really confident that, uh, this is just going to be a step in the process of getting Mitch Keller to where we know he can be, um, as a really important long-term contributor to our major league team here. I've heard some say, Steve, that, that he's almost like a guy that, that doesn't really know what type of pitcher he is, who he is. Uh, and I wonder if, if you and the organization kind of share that thought. And, and is he different? And I know, of course, it, it, it's hard for you and, and Ben and, and others uh, 
because you know a brand new regime really just uh, two years going on two years but but maybe from the reports or, or from what you've seen or heard uh, is he a different guy than he was when he was having all that success in the minor leagues yeah it's a tough one obviously for me personally to compare to because I don't have a whole lot of runway um, myself but but I think your question about identity is a good one it, it's not one that I can probably answer um, but I do think um, his identity I think just from watching him is is really no different than um, than when he was having a lot of success in the minor leagues which is that he's he's an immensely talented individual and I think we see that um, we've certainly seen flashes of that this year um, and, and that hasn't changed and I think that's why our confidence level and faith in him being a really important contributor really hasn't changed and this uh, you know, this decision and this, this time period where he's going to go down and, and work on some things, um, you know, is really just a step along that process. So I, I really would worry, I, I really worry less about, um, you know, the identity and, and uh, that piece of things as much as, you know, this sometimes is just a necessary step um, and, and a different environment um, where he can continue to work on the things, quite honestly, that, that he was working on. Uh, really hard and really, really diligently um, at the major league level with our staff and between his starts. So we just we expect that con- to continue, and, and certainly hope that in this environment um, he's able to to make those adjustments, and um, you know certainly look forward to to getting him back up. Steve, final question before we take a break, and and we'll we'll ev- eventually here get to um, uh, the draft and scouting because I know that that's. Uh, kind of near and dear to your heart as well. But when it comes to Mitch Keller, uh, have you seen in the past, because you've worked with some very successful organizations, of course, including the Blue Jays and uh, the Red Sox uh, and others, but have you seen uh, in the past where a a talent like Mitch Keller maybe uh, is just inundated with voices and and, and maybe too many things and too too many things to, to... uh, for, for him to try and and get past, uh, that, that sometimes that can hurt a player if, if you have too many voices coming your way? Yeah, I think probably less specific to Mitch, but I, I totally, totally get the, uh, you know, the reference that, uh, that you're referencing there. And I think, um, yeah, it, it, that's part of it. And obviously there are a lot of factors at, at the major league level, both internally and externally, that, that can, can weigh on guys and um, you know, again, I, I, I referenced it early on, but I think, you know, we were comforted uh, in, in talking this through by, by the large group of guys that, you know, um, a stint like this, even after having some success at the major league level at a young age, has been really helpful for. And I, I'm sure it's helpful to each guy in a different way. Um, some may be mechanical adjustments, some may be pitch usage adjustments, some may be uh, more preparation and routine adjustments. Um, but again, all of those things I think can be impacted by a lot of factors at the major league level. And, and, um, so, so that certainly could play into it, but I think, again, we're confident that the environment that he'll be going into, uh, you know, with, uh, with Hanny and the staff down there in Indy, um, is going to put him in a really, really good position to have success and, and make the adjustments that he needs to make, make so that, um, you know, he can hopefully pick right back up up here and, and have a long, long stretch of sustained success up in, uh, in Pittsburgh. Steve Sanders uh, referencing uh, Han- Joel Hanrahan, the pitching coach at uh, AAA Indianapolis, where uh, that's where Mitch Keller will be to try and work things out. Assistant General Manager Steve Sanders is with us, filling in for Ben Sherrington, who's making the move uh, to Pittsburgh now that the kids are uh, out of school. 
And uh, we'll continue with Steve Sanders on the Pirates Radio Network. We are back and uh, on the line with us in Milwaukee is Assistant General Manager for the Pirates, Steve Sanders. He's filling in this week for Bucko GM Ben Sherrington, moving his family to Pittsburgh this weekend. And uh, again, we're going to get to the draft here and, and just maybe go back to, to uh, what we're seeing with uh, Will Crow pitching today. Uh, it, it seems as though things are a little bit unsettled right now, uh, Steve, when it comes to the starting rotation. And uh, I guess that's just kind of the way it is right now, is you're just trying to, to, to look for guys who can kind of settle in to that rotation until we do. This might be just uh, changing um, throughout much of the summer. Yeah, I think, um, you know, obviously Will's going to get another go today. And, uh, you know, Chase did a great job for us the other day. I think, you know, this is something that we're going to continue to uh, to see how the schedule plays out and when opportunities arise for some different guys to to make starts. And, um, you know, obviously the rotation throughout uh, the season thus far and as we go into the summer will we'll continue to evolve and, and hopefully we can keep guys healthy and on turn. But uh, certainly – feel good about the uh, the group that we have and, and have to call on um, from Indianapolis thus far to come up and, and help us when we need a when we need to start one thing Steve we talked about this with Derek Shelton the other day when it came to uh, having to take out JT Brubaker against the Dodgers and the, the Dodgers mentioned it uh, Derek Shelton mentioned it after that start that he, he seemed to tire uh, and that's why he was kind of pulled early. Uh, the Dodgers admitted as much. They looked like he was tiring. Chad Cool last night, just three and a third innings pitched. Uh, I, I know the, the philosophy is not for the starting pitchers to feel like uh, they get through the lineup a couple of times and they've done their job. But can you talk to, to us about that and, and the mindset of, of the starters and what you're trying to get more than Obviously, the more than three and four innings because that is really taxing to a bullpen. Yeah, it's a good question. I think for us, it's it's really the emphasis is probably less on specific innings um, and setting a threshold or a bar that we're looking to clear. I think, um, not to oversimplify it, but our goal is to to get efficient outs, and and that that goes for for both the starters and the and uh, guys coming out of the pen. And obviously, when when a starting pitcher struggles to get efficient outs and pitch, pitch efficiently, um, you know, that leads to more of those outs falling on the bullpen. And I think we've seen in some recent weeks, you know, our, our bullpen has picked up a, uh, a big portion of that. And they've, they've carried that really, really well. And they've performed really well and have uh, kept us in a lot of ball games. So obviously it's important for the starting, starting group um, to try to keep some of that weight off the pen um, as we go. But I, I do think, you know, I don't, I don't know that we go into any single start saying, hey, we really need to get five or we really need to get six as much as, you know, getting out there and trying to get efficient outs and, and um, you know, just minimizing the, the workload on the bullpen night after night is obviously something that we need to make sure we keep an eye on. Assistant General Manager for the Pittsburgh Pirates as the Pirates get ready to take on the Brewers. He is in Milwaukee and, as he mentioned, really focusing a lot on the uh, upcoming draft. And, you know, S Steve, I know you're not going to tell us who you're picking. We, we kind of make a joke of that with Ben almost every week. Uh, it seemed as though for the past year it was just uh, automatically uh, going to be either Kumar Rocker. I mean, the rest of baseball was suggesting Kumar Rocker or uh, Jack Leiter, uh, the two college pitchers out of Vanderbilt. But now 
We're seeing mock drafts suggest a couple of high school shortstops, the, the Louisville catcher, Henry Davis. Uh, it looks as though that Ben Charrington, no surprise, is trying to build pitching, but talent throughout the organization. Um, is it, it's an age-old, almost cliche, that you're going to go for the best possible player. Is that the case this year, or do you have to draft for a need? Yeah, it's not going to surprise you, but I think uh, our approach is going into this draft and, and trying to add the, you know, the most impact, impactful, talented player that we can. Um, and, and that's really our goal in, in all forms of acquisition, but especially this year going into a, an immensely important draft um, with the first pick. Um, you know, uh, the, the draft pool has continued to evolve. We're continuing to learn about it. We know more about it now than we did at this time last year, and we'll continue to learn over the course of the next month. And um, as we evaluate those options, I think we feel really good about, you know, a diverse group of uh, both position players and pitchers, high school and college, um, and are going to take our time right up till the end um, working to evaluate all those options and figure out which one's going to be the best for the organization. If you look at uh, Kumar Rocker or Jack Leiter, uh, it would suggest that if the Pirates picked one of those two guys, then they could make uh, an impact quicker on the big league club. A couple of uh, one or, uh, of the college pitchers could, could settle into a rotation maybe in the next couple of years, whereas a high school kid's going to be years away. Um, does that, that does not come into play, does it? No, I don't think so, Greg. And I think, um, honestly, I think determining a player's timeline is probably one of the toughest things to do. And I think we continue to be uh, surprised, whether it's, you know, monitoring guys throughout, you know, different drafts with other organizations and, and things like that. So, um, one, I think we're focused on adding the best player and players throughout the draft that we possibly can. And two, um, you know, I think we've just found that, that that can be really hard to predict, that at certain points in guys' careers, um, especially as amateur players, they may seem particularly close or particularly far away. Um, but a number of things, both in their development and, and staying healthy, can impact that. So I think it, it, it's not really something that we'll focus on as much as just trying to pick the right player for the Pirates. Let's step aside right now, allow our stations to identify themselves as the Pirates and Brewers are getting ready to play ball in Milwaukee. Pirates are on to D.C. to take on the Nationals and then come home for a weekend interleague series against the Cleveland Indians starting Friday night. Go to Pirates.com for tickets for the Pirates and the Indians. This is the Pirates Radio Network. Pirates broadcaster Greg Brown joins Andrew Filippone and Chris Muller every Wednesday afternoon at 5. It's the PM team. Filippone and Muller on KDK FM HD1 Pittsburgh. On the line with us is Assistant General Manager Steve Sanders. He is in Milwaukee with the Pirates, and he is uh, very much involved in the upcoming draft. Uh, your Last year was your first draft with the Pirates. I wonder, Steve, if you could uh, kind of start taking us through the process of, of what that is like to prepare for now your second draft and what that was like last year for you. Absolutely. I think... Um you know, last year was an interesting experience for, for all of us in preparing for a draft that was unlike any we'd ever had. Um, obviously, both in terms of length, just five rounds, uh, some of the logistical challenges that Joe and the staff fought through um, really well, including not, not being together and, and drafting remotely, um, something that, you know, most guys on our staff, some of whom have been scouting for 20, 30, 40 years, um, had never done. And so, I think there were a lot of things we learned last year, both about 
um, processing information, pursuing information on players. Um, and, and so we've learned from that and, and are applying a lot of that to our process this year. And um, can't highlight enough, again, the work that um, all of our scouts, our area scouts, cross-checkers, Joe Delicari, Matt Skirving, Mike Mangan, um, do throughout the year to put us in a position to make good decisions next month. And that, that process really starts, you know, oftentimes multiple years out. Um, you mentioned some of the college players uh, in this year's draft and, you know, have been watching them throughout their college careers. But even going before that, um, a lot of those guys were, were prospects that were on our radar in high school. And the work that the area scouts did two, three, four, five years ago um, is, is still part of our process now. So um, obviously we've got a lot of information left to work through. We've got a lot of information already in. Um, and it's, like I said, it's an ongoing process. And quite honestly, some of our guys are already starting to collect info on 22 and 23, which just shows you that it's, uh, it's really something that's always an ongoing process and, uh, and always evolving. We'll continue with the Bucko general, the assistant general manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates, Steve Sanders, in for the general manager, Ben Charrington. More to come on the Pirates Radio Network. We're back with assistant general manager Steve Sanders as the Pirates and Brewers are meeting in Milwaukee. And Steve on the line with us, filling in for Bucko general manager Ben Charrington. Talking about the draft coming up uh, starting July the 11th as uh, All-Star Week festivities get underway. Steve, um, do you know right now, do the Pirates know who they're picking first? The, the number one overall pick in, in baseball, do you have a good idea who you're going to pick first? We don't. And, uh, again, won't come as any surprise, but even if we did, I probably wouldn't be able to tell you on the show today. But, uh, but no, we don't. And, um, you know, we have, a, we have a group of players that we continue to be focused on. Um, you know, some of those guys are, are still playing. Some of them, some of them are not. Um, and so, you know, really over the course of the next month, uh, Joe and, and the entire staff, as well as members of baseball operations, uh, are really just focused on continuing to digest different types of information. And ultimately, we'll get together in a room in a couple of weeks in Pittsburgh and, and talk about it and, and, and hash it out. And, um, but no, at this point, we, we don't know. And we continue to work through that to, uh, to, to try to take all the time we can to make that important decision. Are you surprised at all that in, in, such a short time, Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter uh, from mock drafts have fallen uh, seemingly uh, kind of from the automatic one of one of two uh, going to be picked first uh, in the draft to now the other guys. Uh, we mentioned uh, Henry Davis, the, the catcher from Louisville, uh, Jordan Lawler, who went to the same uh, Jesuit prep school in Dallas as Josh Bell did, the shortstop, uh, Marcelo Mayer. Uh, from East Lake High School in Chula Vista, California. Kalia Watson, Wake Forest High School, North Carolina shortstop. Are you surprised at all that uh, that's happened, or is that typical uh, as the draft approaches that there's such fluctuation? Yeah, it's not something that we pay particular attention to, I would say. Um, you know, obviously there are a lot of really talented players in this draft, and um, not unlike guys at the big league level, guys go through really good stretches and stretches of struggle. And, and I think every player in this year's draft um, has done that at times and has a, has a different um, set of tools and people with different perspectives are going to catch those guys at different times. And again, I, I go back to the length of our process and that's, 
that's really why that's so important, um, you know, because over the course of many, many years, we're going to see guys succeed. We're going to see guys struggle. We're going to see guys improve. And, and these players are getting better every day. So I think, you know, as it relates to the, the public rankings and the mock drafts, again, not, not really something that we're focused on, um, but, but probably also maybe just highlights a little bit of the, um, you know, the uncertainty and, and the, uh, you know, the information that we're still working through ourselves. Steve, I know you're not going to tell us who you're going to pick, but but it, would it shock us if you didn't pick one of those guys I just mentioned? Rocker, Leiter, Davis, Lawler, Mayer, Watson. Yeah, I, I would say, uh, you know, look, I can't obviously talk about any specific players, but I think we're going to use all the time uh, right up until draft time to work through a group of guys Um you know, and, and try to make the best decision for the Pirates. But I can't comment on any of the guys that uh, that you mentioned or, or didn't mention, unfortunately. Well, we'll continue wrap things up with Assistant General Manager Steve Sanders. He is in Milwaukee with the Pirates. More to come on the Pirates Radio Network. A couple of moments left with the Assistant General Manager for the Pirates, Steve Sanders, filling in for Ben Sherrington, who is moving his family to Pittsburgh now that the kids are out of school. And Steve, kind enough to join us in talking about the draft. Steve, what what a difference this will make. I imagine you and uh, really the rest of uh, baseball super pleased that restrictions are lifted because scouts make such a difference, don't they? Actually getting eyes on these players. Absolutely. I think uh, both domestically and internationally, you know, scouts are really what drives our process. They're the lifeblood of our, of our scouting process. And obviously now, uh, you know, in today's game, there's, there's a lot of information that comes from a lot of different places. Um, but in addition to seeing players play um, and writing reports, our scouts are the ones who really get to know who these people are that we're bringing into our organization. And, and I think that's really, really important. And obviously, you know, the last year, year and a half has, has been difficult in a lot of ways um, and created a lot of challenges in the draft last year, um, you know, with, with access restricted, um, both to going to games and also being able to sit down and meet with players. So I think our staff, uh, is certainly pleased and, and relieved to be able to do that a little bit more now, obviously safely, um, and, and still working through some travel travel logistics that are difficult, but um, certainly a big plus and, and can't emphasize enough how important all our scouts are to, to both the draft process and our, and our scouting processes in general. Always fascination in the first round of, of a big draft. I mean, the Pirates picked number one overall. Uh, I think this will be the fifth time, if I'm not mistaken, 1986, Jeff King, 10 years later, Chris Benson, Brian Bullington in 02, and Garrett Cole in 2011. So uh, attention nationally on that number one pick. Uh, you mentioned, of course, that, that you probably don't know who you will pick, the Pirates I'm talking about. Uh, do you know when you will know? Is it a couple of days before, the day before, an hour before the draft? When do you think the team knows who they will select, who the Pirates will select as the very first pick in the draft? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, obviously picking one is unique, right? Because going into most drafts, making that decision is quite literally impossible because there's some some number of players and teams that are going to go in front of you and their teams are going to make some decisions for you. So um, really every year draft prep you know, requires us to put a lot of work in and lining up players and, and identifying areas of, of question and, and then also waiting for the draft to, to take place and, and some of those things in front of you to happen. Obviously, this is different. Um, but really, I think the preparation is exactly the same. So 
I, I really do think, um, you know, we won't make that decision until, until we absolutely have to at the last minute and um, are going to try to take in all the information, all the factors, all the things that could change leading up to draft day. Um, and then, and then work as a collective staff to figure out what that decision is. Steve, we really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, great stuff, and uh, look forward to chatting down the road. I, I know you'll be heading back to Pittsburgh, but thanks so much for being with us today, filling in for Ben, and we, uh, we sure look forward to that draft coming up in less than a month now. Thanks so much, Steve. Absolutely. Thanks, Brownie. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.